Thank you to the worship team again. And thank you. Good to see everyone. The room is never empty. It's always full when the Spirit of God is present. And we believe he is. Um, Today we are thinking about Jesus' question. Do you want to be, some versions say, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be healed? And we reflected on that question. A a friend of mine in university called Benga, he, he was telling us a story about the most stubborn person he's come across in his life. And even as I say that, maybe you're thinking, hmm, who is that person? If you can't think of anyone, maybe it's you. And he's thinking about the most, and he's telling us a story about this most stubborn person. He said, it was this guy that he knew in secondary school. He said, this guy was one of these people who could start a fight alone in a room. And he was always looking for a fight. Always looking for a fight and always talented in getting the fight that he was looking for. So he'll come up and he would wind you up and wind you up and wind you up, and eventually there would be blows, there would be slaps, and there would be a whole fight. Because this is what boys do in secondary school in our spare time. And then all of and then the fight will go on and he'll say, Eventually, even though this boy was so stubborn and loved looking for a fight, he wasn't really good at fighting. And so he would eventually lose the fight and and he would give up. But Benga said, or so you thought. Because a couple of days later, he would show up again at your desk and he would be like, Andy, you know that fight we had two days ago? And you're like, yeah, he'll be like, I've come to continue it. And then he would push and push and push. And then another fight would take place. And then he would lose. And you think that's it. But a couple of days later, he'll be back. Uh, Andy, you know that fight we had a couple of days ago. I've come to continue it. And this would go on and on until finally you started. You had to beg. He said, please. He suddenly became part of a boy band. So I said, I don't want to fight no more. He started singing, you're begging him. I don't want to do this. Please, what can I do? And he said, that is the most stubborn person he'd ever met. And you know, the past is like that. Or can be like that. You know, those old failures and the guilt The things we did, the things we didn't do, the things that happened to us, the things they said, the things they didn't say, the anger, the bitterness, the past can be like that. It can be that fight that we relieve over and over again. And just when you think you've escaped it, it comes back. You know that fight that we had a couple of days ago? And he draws you back into that space. Because the thing about journeying in this life is that it's impossible to journey in this life without having scars. It's impossible. Even, even our Lord Jesus journeys and lives with scars. And for some scars, they have healed and they have healed well. But some scars are still open. And some scars 
look like they have healed well, but it only takes something little to bring it back to the surface again. The past can be a terrible prison. And it can, it can prevent us from experiencing what God has for us in the present. Because the past can tell us, it can paint a picture and say, this is what is possible. What has gone on before determines what is possible now. And often the story that the past tells is different from the truth that Christ is telling. It's like this man at the pool. He'd been in this broken situation for 38 years. And it's interesting that when Jesus comes to him and says, do you want to be made well? He doesn't answer that question. He begins to tell Jesus all the reasons why he can't be made well. All the reasons why, you know, I don't have anyone. There's no one to help me. There's no this. There's no that. And I think that there are some situations in life where we're like, this situation is broken and it's going to stay broken because this, that, and the other. When Christ says, do you want me to make this whole? There's always the many reasons why, no, this can't be made whole. This, this is always going to be broken. It confronts, the question, it confronts us with the question of what we believe about light. When we were in secondary school, we used to have fluorescent lights, but they were not kind of like these ones. These ones are well-behaved fluorescent lights. In secondary school, we had these lights that when you, you put them on, they began to blink, 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 blink. And you could spend the whole evening just waiting for them to come on. And sometimes they never did. They just kept blinking. They just kept blinking throughout the night. The possibility of light, but not quite. And it's that question of, does the light, does John tell us, the light blinks in the darkness, and the darkness has not understood it. Because sometimes we can sort of place our faith in Christ in a space that says, well, the light blinks. The darkness is always going to be there, and the light really can't do anything about it. It is always just, it just blinks. But the reality with darkness is that when light comes into the room, darkness gives way. When a strong light, when you switch the light switch on in a dark room, the darkness can't stay. It has to give way. John tells us that Jesus is that light. The past tells us a different story. And the danger about the story that the past tells and our believing it is this, that Jesus is constantly inviting us to rest. The past is constantly trying to kill us in the wilderness. You know, if I sit in the place of my guilt, if I sit in the place of my failures and mistakes of yesterday, it can cripple you from moving forward in today. 
if we sit in the disappointments of the past and say, no, things can't work out, things will always look like this. It reminds me of the story of the people of Israel. They had spent years in Egypt. Years in Egypt as slaves. And there was something about that identity of slaves that they could not shake off. You know, you, you might have heard a number of preachers say that the Israelites left Egypt, but Egypt never quite left them. And there was a sense that no matter how many times God told them in the wilderness, I love you, you are precious to me, you are my chosen people, I will take care of you, I will protect you, I will, it just never really stuck for them. And sometimes it's easy to be like, oh, the people of Israel, they are so stubborn, oh, look at all that God has done, how can they not believe? But then I began to see myself in the people of Israel. When Joshua, when God says these words to Joshua, he says to them at a point, he says, today I have removed the shame of Egypt. And it got me thinking about the people of Israel's story. It got me thinking about what they experienced as slaves in Egypt. They, they lived under people who their lords existed to oppress them. They were oppressed they were treated horribly. They were made to feel worthless, unloved, uncared for, and they carried that. They carried that with them, and they couldn't break free from that image. And in the end, they could never quite enter the rest that God had for them. And it made me ask questions for myself. What are the words that I choose to let define me? What are the stories and the experiences that I choose to let define me? What are the mistakes? What are the things that people did and said that I carry that bitterness with me? What are the things that I wish that I did and said that I carry those regrets with me? Because the more that I carry these things, the more difficult it is to believe the truth that Christ is saying. The more I'm stuck in the wilderness. And I wonder for you, in, in the situations that we find ourselves in, in what we believe is possible, in maybe whatever brokenness we carry within us, in whatever brokenness we carry around us, in what we think is possible, who shapes the answer to that question? Who shapes the answer to that question? Jesus says something interesting. He says that, when he's talking about the people of Israel, he's saying that, oh, they, can, they have eyes, but they can't see. They have ears, but they can't hear. They have minds, but they cannot understand. And so they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. So in other words, Jesus is saying that when we have eyes that see, when a revelation of God comes to us, 
when we are anxious and we receive a word that says, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Or when we are afraid and there's a word that comes and says, do not be afraid. Or when we are in trouble and we feel the stress of life and a word comes to us and it says, God is the tested help in times of trouble. When we receive a revelation of truth about who God is, it is not for information purposes. It is not to just bank it. Jesus is saying it is so we can come to him and be healed. That when we receive a revelation of who God is, it is so that we can encounter the God who we're called to see. Which is why if you look at Jesus' pattern in scriptures, Jesus would always come and he would preach. He would say the kingdom of God is within reach. And then he would follow that up by showing the people what that looks like. By healing those who were sick. By delivering those who were oppressed. The revelation of God is an invitation to be healed. I love what Toza, Toza once said that the world needs less scribes and more prophets. And by that, what he meant was the world needs less people who have read books and more people who have seen God. And the invitation is always to come and see God. Life and the past will always tell us certain things are impossible in our story. There will always be a place in our hearts, a place in our minds, a place in our world that is broken. And, and life will constantly preach that message to us and say, that can't be fixed. But the question is, what is Jesus saying about that space? Growing up in Nigeria, there was always that, I, I think I've said it before, that the, the children's stories that they told us were, were, they were, it's no wonder that we all grew up with issues, to be honest, because it was, it was like, it wasn't any of the, you know, the ones that you have over here that it always ends with, and they all live happily ever after, and then you grow up thinking that our world is all fantastic, and in Nigeria, it was like somebody always died at the end, I don't know, and this was a children's story, and there was this particular story, this particular story of um, a couple, and this couple couldn't have children, you know, the Nigerian version of Abraham and Sarah. They couldn't have children, and they really wanted to have children. And then one day, they are walking in a forest, and, they, and there's this baby in the forest. And if you're from Nigeria, you're hearing this, you're already thinking, yeah, this is not going to go well. This is it a baby in the forest? And they pick up this baby, and they take the baby home. And they're all happy. Yeah, we've got a child. And, and, and the boy, he grows up. And the moment the boy could speak the boy begins to, the, the only words the boy says is, give me food, I'm hungry. Give me food, I'm hungry. Give me food, I'm hungry. And he says that over and over again. And the parents are trying to feed this child with everything that they can, trying, but it never satisfies the child. Child keeps crying, give me food, I'm hungry. Give me food. And the parents are like, you're exhausted, they can't sleep, they can't eat because they've given the child all the food, and the child is just not satisfied. So they kill him, and that was the end of the story. <laughs> and you're sat there, you're sat there, 
you sat there listening, watching this thing, you're thinking, it's no wonder we all felt like we needed Jesus. Because after watching that, you're kind of thinking, where do, where, do I, where do I go with this? But the reality is that the soul of our lives, or actually the, the story of our lives, depending on what we listen to, especially the past, can be like that boy and constantly says, give me food, fix me. Fix me, fix me, fix me, fix me. And no matter what we give to it, we give it our time, we give it our tears, we give it our shame, we give it our regrets. It's still there, that big hole. Fix me, fix me, fix me. And so we try, we try to get more busy, isn't it? Because we feel like if I fill my life with stuff, maybe I won't fill that pang. Maybe I won't feel that worry. Maybe I won't feel that stress. And so we try and fill it with busyness. It's still there. Fix me. Fix me. Fix me. Whatever it is, fix me. And then perhaps someone comes along and says, you know this thing that you are struggling with? You know this brokenness that you carry? You know this pain? You know this heartache? You know this struggle? You know this sadness? You know this fear? You know this burden that you've been carrying, Christ can take it away. And you're like, no, you don't know. You don't know my story. You don't know my story. Like the man is like, you don't know. I have tried for years to fix this. I've tried for a long time to be different. I've tried for a long time to be happy. I've tried for a long time to, to be saved. I've tried for a long time to see the ones I love be saved. I've tried for a long time to fix this relationship. I've tried. I've tried for a long time to do church. I've tried for a long time with work. It just hasn't worked. It's interesting, as this guy is saying all the reasons why he can't be made whole, Jesus says to him, get up. Get up. He doesn't say it like that. Jesus is nicer. He tells him, just says, get up and walk. Get up and walk. There have been many times in, in my life when Jesus has told me that sense of get up and walk, when I've sat in dark spaces, I've just sat there, unable to move. You know the one, the thoughts that just trap you in that dark place. You know the people that trap you in that dark place. You know the one. You just can't shift from there. Jesus shows up with a word. Maybe he says something like, in my presence, there is fullness of joy. Something comes to you in that dark place. You're like, oh, but God, you don't understand. You don't understand. I am just too angry to have joy. My United have lost for the sixth time in a row. I'm just too angry to have joy. You give your reasons. I can't, God, I can't move from that place. Faith is not the healing, the healing is God's business. The healing is what Jesus does. Faith is the getting up. Faith is the getting up. 
I'm often moved by the stories of so many people in scripture who they come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, please, can you do this? Can you do that? And Jesus says, it's done. Just go. And they just go. They just go. They didn't even have like WhatsApp to like message quickly, like the Syrophoenician went to message quickly home and say, are they actually healed? They just go. They just trust. And sometimes faith is the grace to just go. To just trust, to just get up. Can you get up from the dark space and trust that your Savior can do the healing? I've sat in so many spaces in my life where there are things where people would say, that can't happen. That situation can never get better. That relationship can never get better. They would say, oh, it would take, even if X, Y, Z happened, it cannot be transformed. It's too tough. It's too far gone. This thing that you're dealing with, the only way that you can come out of it is X, Y, Z, and the other. And then the light shone in the darkness. The darkness couldn't stay. And I guess for us, it depends on how we define immediately. Because what happens for the guy is this, that he gets up and immediately he can walk. And, and, and I know for myself, that immediately always holds me back because I'm like, Jesus, where is it? Where is the immediate? Where is the complete right now transformation of the situation? Where is it? And when it's not that quick, I just go back to the darkness and sit. Oh, Jesus, you don't love me enough. Oh, God is not here. There are times when in my prayers, I can see my prayers going down the spiral of, oh God, please be here. Oh God, please help me. But immediately the Spirit takes me to truth and says, confess truth instead. Yesterday as I was pondering today and I was reflecting and I, and I began to pray towards the darkness spiral of saying, oh God, I can't do this without you. I need you to help me. Please, you have to help me. Please, you have to show up. Please. And then the Holy Spirit just said, wait. Pause, Mr. Preacher Man. Pause. And he said, he said, um, he said, who's leading worship? He said, Big Joe Belcher is leading worship. Big Joe. Big Joe's leading. He said, okay. He said, um, do you believe that Joe will show up on Sunday. I'm like, yeah, Joe's a good guy. Joe will show up. Joe will be there. I said, okay. He said, who's, who's hosting? I said, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's John. John's hosting. You know John? Big John's hosting. He says, I said, not John the Baptist, the other one, the other one. But I'm sure you still like him, Jesus. He says, yeah, yeah. He said, do you think, do you think John will show up? I'm like, yeah, John. John will be there. John's reliable. John will be there. John will be there. Do you think he'll be ready to host? Yeah, yeah, I'll be ready. Oh, it's good. Who's on, who's on projector? I thought it's Paul. You know, Paul, Apostle Paul. Not that Apostle Paul, but our own Apostle Paul. I'm like, okay, okay. Are you worried? Are you anxious that Paul? Nah, Paul will be there. Paul's a good guy. Paul will be there. Okay, okay, okay. What about, what about your, your people at OBC? Do you think anybody will show up? Hmm. It's like, I believe, there'll be, like, no, there will be some people that some people will show up. Like, oh, you, you have faith, right, that some people will show up. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He said, okay. He said, okay, okay. So, you believe that the human beings, the men, the women who 
have limitations, who have weaknesses, who have brokenness, who sometimes stuff may happen out of their control and they may not be able to show up, but you believe that they would show up for you. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Jesus, what are you getting at? I knew what I was getting at by this point. I'm not that dumb. And then he said, so why don't you believe? Why are you doubting that I will be there? Why are you doubting that I will be there? I don't have any limitations. I have given you my word. I love you. Why, why are you doubting that I will be there? In the story of our lives, Paul would say that we, we began this journey by believing. And we continue in the journey by believing. We will never go through life and not have scars from the things that happened yesterday. But yesterday should not be what shapes our truth. The regrets, the mistakes, the guilt, that shouldn't be what shapes our truth because that is not what shapes our story. The scriptures tell us that where the spirit of God is, there is freedom. Because when the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. So when Jesus shows up, as he always does, because he says he always will, the steadfast love of our God never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. So when he, he shows up in the morning to bring fullness of life, when he sees us in those dark, broken spaces, and he says to us, get up. Get up and walk. Let us trust him. Let us trust him. The healing is his work. And he doesn't fail. He doesn't fail. I do not tell you this from a theoretical, abstract, Spurgeon College stuff. I tell you this for my life. For my spaces sat in dark corners thinking... No one can change this. You know, you can get so bad that you can be like Elijah. You can be like, oh, God, just take me home. Just take me home. I'm tired. But when Jesus says, get up, trust him. Trust him. And get up. And you will be a prophet too. You will be one who testifies and says, I have seen God. I have seen God. I have truly seen what is possible with Christ Jesus. So when the past says, fix me, fix me, give me food, I'm hungry, just get up, walk away from it. And let us fill ourselves with the wonderful love and truth that Jesus holds. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray.
I just I, before before we sing that song of response, I just want to give you some space because when um, 